0: Welcome to the CNS Podcast featuring Dr. Daryl Anaba, Research Director for CNS Productions. Hello and welcome once again to the CNS Addiction Podcast. I'm Howard Lemire, here with Dr. Daryl Anaba. And I want to take a look at some of the news around around marijuana today, uh, Daryl. One of the things that happened here just in the last short period of time is uh, President Calderon of Mexico and former President um, Fox, uh, Vicente Fox, have both come out and uh, advocated for a serious discussion over legalizing drugs in Mexico, and they're watching very closely what's going to go on, what is going on in in California with the upcoming um, November election, which has the first. Which is the first state to to uh, have a referendum vote on the legalization of the personal use of marijuana? And uh, AP um, AP report um, uh, analysis of of uh, polling data recently came out shows the uh, the polling to be uh, split down the middle of fifty fifty. So what are we looking at here, Darrell? What is uh, we've talked about this before. Uh, there's a lot. Of, um, there's a lot of downside to the legalization of marijuana, but there is a, a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest. Uh, I also have this uh, story that I don't think you saw from uh, Dr. Andrew Weil, who's a well-respected um, medical doctor and commentator, and uh, talking about a lot of serious. Positive benefits of of cannabis uh, cannabinoids in uh, in treating various illnesses. So we have both the legal, the the political, and the medical here that we're trying to balance out, and it's uh, it's it's really interesting, and I have no idea what's going to happen.
1: Actually, it's uh, it's several different things that that uh, you're bringing up, Howard, and I think all of them are, are separate arguments and, and separate ways of looking at things and ways to go. First of all, on the uh, just overall legalization of marijuana, maybe legalization of all drugs. that has been an argument that's uh, been well healed or, or well. Promoted by a number of, of very intelligent and, and very uh, deep-thinking people in the United States, and it overall shows, I think, the frustration um, and highlights the the failed war on drugs. We you just uh, The way the war has been fought, some people attribute it back to uh, President Nixon as as starting or actually saying that we're going to have a war on drugs. Some people look back all the way to the Civil War uh, as this country waging a war on drugs. But the frustration is we can't uh, curb our appetites in this country, or the world can't curb the appetites for drugs, and so by promoting this war on drugs. It just fuels the development of uh, of the criminal element. And Mexico's just in a terrible mess. It's almost a civil war with, um, last I heard, uh, approaching nearly 30,000 deaths due right. to that, that war, 26,000 at least. Right. And something like several thousand uh, police and uh, public officials and lawmakers and things like that being arrested for uh taking bribes and being on a take of, of different drug cartels. And Calderon was very quick to pull. I did read that article Vicente Fox and uh President Calderon, Calderon's quick to point out that you know they can not Mexico want to seriously look at this in in order to Stop all of the uh, murders, stop this tremendous civil strife that's going on and huge uh, drug factions fighting off each other and killing uh, innocent public as well as a lot of officials in the process. But he was quick to point out that it wouldn't make a dent into what's happened in Mexico unless the whole world, and especially the United States, also legalized drugs.
0: Yeah, I think he made a point of saying it would have to be not just California, but several states... Uh, taking a similar action to, to have an effect of, of reducing the the demand
1: enough. Yeah, even, even not just the United States, but the rest of the world. The rest of the world has an appetite for marijuana, heroin, cocaine, uh, ecstasy, a lot of designer drugs that have come into being. And as long as there's that uh, market, there's going to be uh, somebody to fill it. And even if drugs were illegal, you're going to still have this uh, rivalry. Between those to possess it, whether uh, to produce it and to uh, profit out of it, whether it's legal or not. So, you're going to have to uh, do something uh, in the whole world, I think, in order to have uh, an impact uh, of lessening the strife that's occurring in Mexico. One, Had- of,
0: the, one of the things that I, I that I, that I also came across here is a. A comment, probably by one of the people critical of it, but saying uh, that the the legalization of cannabis in Amsterdam has uh, not worked out as well as is as is often portrayed and is causing problems.
1: The whole drug experiment in uh, Portugal as well, right. two thousand and two, where they. Uh, basically decriminalize. That's the other issue. Instead of total legalization, they decriminalize it, uh, all drugs. And instead of of uh, huge prison sanctions and legal sanctions, if you were caught possessing or using, people were evaluated to see whether or not they were a social user or an addict. And those who were just social users were fine. And those who were addicts were diverted to treatment. Seemed to be a promising way to go. But, you know, the the analysis of that, what we talked about, is still up in the air with uh, definitely a decrease in, in heroin and IV drug abuse, which they were hoping to obtain, but a great increase in um, marijuana and a great increase in some stimulant abuse. So, you know, it's, it's, it's much more complex than it's laid out. And Californians, uh, especially the state that's looking to uh, promote medical marijuana uh, and decriminalize it, in, in certain extents, and taking a vote. I think it's going to be in November the vote's going to come about. But yeah. uh 50%, uh, 50-50 on split. The uh, California Society of Addiction Medicine, uh, most medical experts are really asking the voters to look closely, look closely at the facts of, of where we are with marijuana and uh, what it actually does in terms of definitely has tremendous medical benefits, but as a uh, substance that people can just grow and smoke, uh, it's not going to be as as medically beneficial as we think it would be, especially now that uh, there is definite proof of physical addiction and other problems associated with it. Right. So I I don't know if California is going to look at that. Uh, They they seem to be more interested in, in the taxation issue, which people are quick to point out that Small benefits and gains are going to make an, uh, initial gains in, in the revenue from legalizing marijuana and other drugs is going to be uh, overshadowed in the long run by the tremendous costs that's going to be incurred by the different uh, medical problems brought about by by legalization. So,
0: and and there won't even be that much tax <clears throat> revenue uh, uh, because uh, uh, as as I read the legislation, it allows for the personal growth. So I don't, I'm not sure that you have to pay any tax if you don't if you grow it yourself. Now, I might be mistaken on that. I'm not sure.
1: Yeah. Well, th- there are going to be different ways of looking at the revenues to gain from it. But it, it reminds me also of, of my colleague, Dr. John Newmeyer, who I worked with for many years at Harvard. Man, University of California, Berkeley person who was our epidemiologist when I was at the Haight-Ashbury Clinic, uh, about four years ago, uh, published uh, one of his books. He's he's uh, prolific in publishing uh, many of his, his ideas, and he published a book called "The Mother of All Gateway Drugs," and it was looking at the whole economic and uh, social, political, legal aspects of drugs. And I think he looked at the mother of all gateway drugs was actually sugar, <laughs> the uh, abuse of sugar, but. In uh, in the whole book, it leads uh, to his argument or his formal conclusion that what we need to do with uh, with these drugs, marijuana and other ones, is we need to actually legalize them. We need to legalize them because of these issues in Mexico and because of our own U.S. issues of the great cost of the crim- criminalizing drugs and putting in jail for it. But not just legalize them, but we need to legalize it we need to tax it and get revenue out of its legalization. We need to regulate it uh, better as we would a food or other things and make sure it's uh you know it's not contaminated and, and it's proper. But we also need to use that money that we gain from the taxation to discourage use, to do more prevention, more treatment and more actually advertising which people believe actually works, you know. They Madison Avenue is one of our richest parts of our society because I think there's pretty good evidence that they can make, you know, something beautiful out of something ugly and something attractive <laughs> over something not attractive and make people want it uh, and and create a whole image. And so uh there hasn't been enough from his standpoint and a lot of people's standpoint on messages on advertising not to use, on advertising on getting treatment if you're used, and more money spent on the the demand side of the war on drugs, which has always been my bugaboo. We spend all this money on the war of drugs, but the, the lion's share of the money we spend always goes into supply reduction and international treaties and more speedier boats and more guns and more border patrols and stop these things before they can cross into our borders and onto our streets, which by by anybody's most conservative or liberal view has been an abysmal failure since the very beginning. The more we spend to to deter drugs from coming in, the more drugs come in. So it's working the opposite. And I really believe that they've got to start rethinking the way this war has been fought and stop worrying as much, because it's going to come in anyway, about drugs coming into this country or getting on the street, and spend a lion's share on treatment and prevention and advertising the negatives of drugs. And I, I think that will actually turn the tide on this. But for some reason, no president even before Richard Nixon or since no matter whether the Democrat or Republican, has been willing to invest in the Drug Enforcement Administration, the FDA and all that, to bring about that shift, the shift in strategy to demand reduction rather than supply reduction. Well,
0: yeah, it changes the paradigm significantly. And, you know, the DEA then uh, becomes a different entity. It becomes an educational entity instead of an enforcement entity. And, and you know, there's a lot of vested political power and, and vested history there. So that's, you know, we want a simple answer here, and there are no simple answers. This is complex, you know, complex interacting stuff. Uh, one of the interesting things also to be pointed out is uh, uh, it appears that the majority of the funding for for the uh, California initiative is coming from... from um, uh, Richard Lee, who is the guy in Oakland who has made a large business already out of um, medical marijuana shops.
1: Well, that that's fascinating to me also in the fact that he's spending all this money and he's going out in this uh, California state campaign to get it passed, got it first on the ballot and now going to pass it to legalize marijuana. But what I'm What's curious about me is why there isn't an opposite spending. You know, why is not there been people spending to say, wait a minute, let's rethink this. Uh, let's relook at this situation. Uh, these are the uh, current expected benefits, but these are the current uh, deficits or problems we're going uh, to accrue if, if this goes past. And that isn't being done. And I, I don't know why that's not being done. I, I imagine that that probably the biggest losers from the legalization or uh, of marijuana or or even just medical marijuana in uh, free growing of medical marijuana in California is going to be the current illicit growers, right? <laughs> you know, and uh, they've got as much money as Mr. Lee, and I wonder why they haven't come up with any major campaigns to discourage its legalization, but. It's a, it's a curious phenomenon we have with marijuana. It always creates a polarization and a, and a totally black-and-white viewpoint from each poll on what it's all about, and there's very little uh, thinking in the middle. I still think the government needs to look at their uh, war on drugs strategy and at least come to through their denial and finally admit that what they've done isn't working. Right. And they've been butting their heads against the box, uh, against the the dam or against the wall. So let's think outside the box. Right. Let's pick up our strategy. Maybe flip it upside down or reverse. And let's think about that. And the current administration has been very, very disappointing in that because that uh, one reading I found that the DEA is actually abandoning their demand reduction component. They <laughs> it just. They, they need every cent into supply reduction, which means that even in this administration, more so than ever, we're spending more on the supply side of the equation and, and less so on the demand side, which is totally, I think, got to be relooked at.
0: Short-sighted,
1: I think we could say.
0: Um, there are... Um, a lot of different aspects, like we said. Uh, one of the, and, and as you say that, you know, it seems like just in, in the research I did here the last day or two to talk about this, uh, there are a number of articles coming out, uh, and that's some of what we've talked about here. And uh, there was one um, uh, research from the Institute of Psychiatry in London showing that uh, people that use skunkweed, um, which is really potent marijuana, um, seven times more likely than ordinary cannabis users to develop schizophrenia. That's kind of scary, because there's, you know, we've seen we've seen a real evolution with the hybridization of, of marijuana here, and over the course of twenty, thirty years, and it is remarkably more powerful than it, than when we were in college. <coughs>
1: Yeah, that, that link has been made by a number of authors in terms of schizophrenia and increasing schizophrenia within marijuana users uh, because of the increased uh, uh, concentration of cannabinoids uh, within the the street marijuana plant, University of Mississippi, I think we talked about in one of these shows where they've been monitoring the, the bus or whatever confiscation of marijuana is on the uh, streets in the United States uh, since uh, I think the 1970s and they're they're definitely showing a, a continual increase in potency so right. the cultivation and growing is becoming better and better uh, and in addition to that now we have the synthetic marijuanas out of Germany and put into all the new uh, incense blends the spice and the right. K2s the K9s and um, things like that which are anywhere from four to eight hundred times stronger on a milligram milligram basis than, than regular marijuana plants. So with that, um, we we are hearing more of people who use the synthetic as well as people who get a hold of skunkweed is actually a cannabis indica. It's the hybrid cannabis indica that has more resin and can continue to be manipulated to be more and more potent. And uh, all of those uh, Resulting in people who are prone to maybe having a mo- a uh, thought disorder uh, to when they smoke it becoming a little bit paranoid, uh, being dissociated from themselves, losing sight of self, and ending up in a panic and in a reaction that promotes uh, uh, presentation or promotes the 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 development of their schizophrenia that might have been there. Uh, to begin with, but this is happening more and more, so it is more of a concern in who then, if it's legal, who then deals with the casualties? Right. You know, who pays for the casualties?
0: Well, we're going to have some answers here in just a month or two when we see the way these uh, the California election turns out in the Andrew Weil article it it talks about how cannabis was used in the in the 19th century as as a part of the regular cornucopia of 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 treatment of medicines back in the back in the in the 1800s it seems like though um it was in the 30s with the uh, reefer of madness movies and and actually William Randolph Hearst that that really um, got the ball rolling in terms of the prohibition here, and if you if you do some of the history, it has more to do with industrial production of hemp than, than the than the cyclo, cyclotropic effects of
1: of marijuana. Well, when the uh, prohibition hearings took place in the mid nineteen thirties, that led to I think mar- marijuana was prohibited or. or and as a as a medical substance and a, as a, a drug uh, availability in 1936, and 1937. I remember reading about that and quite clearly. There was a lobby from the American Medical Association and a lot of physicians saying, oh, "Well, yeah, you know, it's a, it's a drug, so you can make it illegal, but please consider it as a medicine too. It's something like right. opium que- might have useful be useful in medicine, and and let us." Uh, habit to to use in in different treatment settings, but the government because I think of the press and the media well, who were promoting as something that it was the people of color were using it to rile them up and you know to make them want to hurt uh, the the rest of the angle population that the government just got affected so much they just know it's The whole thing's illegal. So that's when we may have to have the uh, start of this this huge problem we have now because there still seems to be a lot of potential good uses of marijuana that we're not even looking at because of that prohibition. And I wish somehow that can be reopened and somebody could feel they can... Maybe that guy Richard Lee in Oakland, instead of... uh, pushing for its legalization, maybe he should have spent money to do the research that people say is needed, and the government will be willing to do the uh, let somebody do research if they are going to pay for it, but none of the pharmaceutical companies or nobody else wants to uh, do the research because They won't have it as a patentable thing, so they're not going to make money on it. Well, if Richard Lee or some of these people really believe that marijuana is a good substance, could bring a lot of benefits to society, and even though they're not going to make any money on it, they should be spending money to try and do the research to show that the benefits that are there are there, and we could probably make good use of it in medical.
0: Well, we'll see what happens. Um, anyone listening out there in in, uh, podcast land uh, we'd love to hear your comments stop by the website cnsproductions.com drop us a note there we'll be talking about this again I'm sure before too long but uh, we would like your comments so Daryl closing thoughts any?
1: it's just that uh, this controversy has been around you know for as far as uh, in this country I think since drugs have been around and it's it's by now we should be looking for solutions. That, and instead of just banging our head over and over against the same drum, it just doesn't make any sense.
0: Yeah. What was it Albert Einstein said? Uh, doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different outcome—that's
1: <laughs> insanity.
0: Of insanity. Okay. Thanks. That wraps our pod for today. Thanks for visiting the CNS podcast. Please check back soon for the next in the series, and visit our website www.cnsproductions.com